Hello. Hello. to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman haters to sappy bullfighters, from Curly to Shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Hello and welcome back once again to the Three Stooges Throwback Podcast. I am, once again, and still your host, Gabriel Russo, and we are once again going over the 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the comedy team, The Three Stooges. This is episode 43, covering the short Three Sappy People. First things first, I use Wikipedia, IMDB, and ThreeStooges.net to find most of the information for these episodes. I watch them on Daily Motion or YouTube, mostly YouTube now, on The Three Stooges, all one word account, because they're all in 1080p and they look fantastic. I have read almost every book on The Three Stooges, and I use my own brain to formulate opinions on the shorts, and I regurgitate the opinions of others. I am not an expert on The Three Stooges, nor do I claim to be. Just a knowledgeable fan who makes mistakes, leaves things out, repeats himself, but it's fine. Everything will be okay. I'll probably repeat myself a hundred times before it's over. With that said, let's get on with the show. Sappy has a runtime of 17 minutes and 25 seconds, roughly. It was shot over four days, April 6th through the 10th, 1939 and was released to a waiting public on Friday, December 1st, 1939, eight months later. But there are a bunch shot and released out of order again. So, uh, who knows what they were doing. So the last one that we re- that was, that we did, the last, uh, podcast, that one had a seven month wait time. So this one has an eight month wait time. We don't know what determined the release order. Who knows? So Curly Howard, Larry Fine, and Mo Howard are the Stooges in question. This one is produced by Jules White, directed by Jules White, story and screenplay by Clyde Bruckman, a familiar name, but he hadn't written one since Cash and Carry in 1937. So the featured players here include Lorna Gray. Lorna Gray! That's my uh, Don Pardo. <laughs> so, anyway, Lorna Gray as Sherry Rumsford. This is her second stooge short in a row. Before her movie career, she sang with a group in Cleveland called the Varsity Coeds. They sang in theaters before the movie started. Can you imagine that today? You go to a movie and coeds, a bunch of, you know, four four kids get up there, college kids, and sing a acapella song. <laughs> Anyway, at Republic Pictures, she was as big as Dale Evans. She did four stooge shorts. Don Beto as Jay Rumsford Rumsford. He was in more than 250 films. Sets 304 on IMDb. He was in the Army Air Corps in World War II. Did two stooge shorts. One Shemp 
solo and one Joe Besser solo. Bud Jameson here as Williams the Butler. 517 credits. I mean, wow. And Doran, or Duran, is the Countess. She was an early member of the Screen Actors Guild. She was in more than 500 films and 1,000 episodes of television. Wow. She played James Dean's mother in Rebel Without a Cause, 1955. She passed away at 89 years old in the year 2000. In the year 2000. She left $400,000 to the Motion Picture Country House, a retirement home for actors. Uh, she was on MASH. People, uh, well, I don't know. I was going to say... Uh, modern listeners might remember her from MASH. I remember her from MASH. She was running the orphanage in Korea. Um, they come to camp to avoid the snipers. So Forbes Murray is Dr. York. 400 pictures, but not a lot about him online. He lived to be 98. He passed in 1982. This is his only stooge short, and he did one Joe Besser solo. This is Eddie Lawton here as Painter. We are familiar with him, so we move to Robin Raymond as Switchboard Operator. She did two Shemp solo shorts, two Stooge shorts, 78 credits in all. 1980 is her last in a thing called the Black Marble. Beatrice Curtis, she's a familiar name. She's the party guest. She was in six dude shorts. We see her, uh, we've seen her a few times here. She committed suicide, unfortunately, in 1963 and had 63 credits. This is her next to last credit, um, in all. Yeah. In 1940, her last work comes. So then, yeah. Victor Travers is a party guest. We know there is next to nothing regarding, uh, Travis or Travers. Looks like 36 Stooge shorts and several Shemp and Joe solos as well. Which, um, the more I do this podcast, the, uh, the more I look forward to the Shemp solo ones. And I think that maybe I messed up and I should intersperse them and, and have done them all chronologically. So, but, so we'll see. I don't know. I think maybe I'll just do all the Stooges and then I'll do the solos after. So, or maybe I'll do like, uh, special episodes where it's a solo, you know. Who knows? Richard Fisk here. He is, uh, this is his second in a row. We talked about him. He was drafted and passed and died in World War II. 89 credits though to his name before that happened. Eddie Lawton. He does double duty here as a party guest as well. Evelyn Young makes her film debut here as the receptionist. She did five stooge shorts. She um, listed her debut as if she was a big star. Um, and I thought that I rec- like I thought I recognized the name Evelyn Young as if like she was like a big a big star from way back. But not to minimize anyone's accomplishments, but she only had like 15 credits altogether, so I must have been thinking of, or maybe there's a different Evelyn Young, or I have no idea. So anyway, so Gloria Blondell is a switchboard operator, according to IMDb. 
She was Joan's sister, Joan Blondell. She started on vaudeville with the Bouncing Blondells. She was Daisy Duck's voice in the 1940s for Disney. And she was the first choice to play Blondie in the movies. But she lost out to Penny Singleton for some reason. Didn't I didn't delve too deeply. But she was evidently the first choice to play Blondie. Penny Singleton ended up doing it for 28 Blondie films over 12 years. 28 movies. Can you imagine if they did like 28 Ernest movies or something. Oh, you know, they didn't even do that. Anyway. We get a title card here with Lorna Gray, Don Beto, and Bud Jameson. So it's nice that uh, they all get some sort of credit. This short opens on a fancy party. Bud Jameson is serving some punch. And the Countess and Doran stand smoking, complaining that it's odd the mistress isn't even at her own party. We cut to Don Beto as Rumsford. He's wondering where his wife is, and he's punching his hand in distress, like, oh, where is she? She invites all these people to her birthday party, and then she disappears. Bud says, uh, she always does that, sir, but uh, she'll be back in a day or two, probably. And uh, the other guy standing there says, we must make allowances for our youth. Oh, I made that sound like Italian accent, that's not what I... The other guy says, we must make allowances for our youth. So, how old is the wife for our youth? Suddenly a beep, and a car crashes into the living room. You can see the dude on the couch when the car crashes into the into the living room. The, uh, the dude sitting on the couch has to pull his legs out of the way pretty quick. So Lorna Gray is the wife here. She throws her stole and her hat, and they land on Bud perfectly around his neck and then right on his head. Dr. York says, I can't help her. You need Zeller, Ziller, and Zoller. They're very expensive psychiatrists with very peculiar methods. Williams will call immediately. Uh, they think she's crazy for some reason, so we'll, we may find out why, I guess. Cut to the doctor's office here, and the uh, switchboard operator, Evelyn Young, is upset because it is broken. Eddie Lawton is the painter. He says he'll have, he says I'll be done and have my stuff out after lunch. In come the boys here. Curly breaks the glass door with the ladder immediately. Then he turns and he breaks the water cooler. Then he turns again and hits Mo. Larry says drop it before, drop it before you hurt somebody. And then he drops it on Mo's foot. Mo says remind me to tear out your Adam's apple. Curly says I'll make a note. <laughs> When the lady comes back in, uh, Mo takes Curly's pencil, and then Curly takes out a slightly larger pencil, and then Mo takes that, and then he, he takes out this humongous pencil. <laughs> she says, uh, what war is this? He says, never mind the wisecracks, toots. They're from the phone company to, uh, switch the, switch the fix board. Ha <laughs> ha! To fix the switchboard. She goes to lunch. And tells them if they get it working, take a message. Curly tells her to uh, bring him burnt toast and a rotten egg for his tapeworm. That's good enough for him. <laughs> We've heard that before, that joke. Mo and Curly here with the uh, stethoscope on the switchboard is pretty good. They're pulling on the phone cords and uh, Curly goes flying into, into all the paints and the scaffolds. We cut to Bud saying, I know the line is out. I've been trying for half an hour. Mo asks Curly why he's been 
acting slug nutty all day. Slug nutty. Curly says it's Gertie. She's expecting. And he kind of swoons. He does his little swoon. Mo gets all happy. And he says, when? And he, Curly says, any minute. That's why I'm so upset. Turns out Gertie was Shemp's wife's name, which is kind of interesting. Mo says, why didn't you tell us? And Larry says, we know. It's because you're broke. Curly says, flat as a floogie. Which is a reference to the uh, 1938 song, The Flat Foot Floogie. Mo wants to help get money for Curly. Speaking of the flat foot floogie, I was watching Money TV. Money TV. I was watching Me TV just the other day, and one of the it was last weekend. They have the one a cartoon show, and uh, it was just some random. It was a random like Mary Melodies cartoon, uh, early Looney Tunes. They were talking about. They referenced the floogie. In some way, and I, the flat foot flugie, and I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, I know that reference because of the Three Stooges podcast. And she just kept reading her book. <laughs> so, so like I said, Mo wants to help, uh, get money quick for Curly. So Larry gets the switchboard going and, uh, Bud's call comes through. Curly, um, acts all dumb and Mo says, Why don't you get a toupee with some brains in it? <laughs> And Curly lifts up Moe's bangs and then punches him in the forehead. I've never seen that one before. So, you know, good for Curly. <laughs> uh, Bud says into the phone, Bud says, uh, money is no object. We need the doctors here now. Ziller, Zoller, and Zoller. Zeller, Ziller, and Zoller. Moe says they'll be right there. They choose doctor's names. Curly says he has T.S., two stomachs. Bash. There's an impatient patient waiting. Come on. That's funny. So cut to Lorna Gray giggling. She's always giggling. She's giggling and running to the car. Her husband is trying to stop her, but she says that uh, she's bored. She says, I'm going for a short ride in a submarine, and I'll be back in a day or two. Tell them all to wait. So maybe she is kind of crazy. Tell them all to wait a day or two for my birthday party. She did drive her car into her own mansion, so... She's flighty, certainly. <laughs> so here come the boys on a three-person bicycle. They're all in tuxedos and top hats. And they crash in the driveway and fall all over the place. Looked like a hard fall, to be honest. Mo uses a shoehorn as a tongue depressor. <laughs> they all sing, ah, rats. Lorna is uh, amused by their antics. And Curly gives a gibberish diagnosis to the husband and Lorna cracks up. She just laughs like heck. So when Rumsford says his wife is the patient, the show, the chauffeur gets a surprised close up, which is, you know, foreshadowing maybe. I don't know. The chauffeur isn't listed anywhere. So who knows what it is? She loves the boys and uh, tells hubby to take the submarine ride. She says, you take the submarine ride. I wouldn't leave these men on a bet. The last one in is a Republican. And they run into the house. Ha <laughs> ha! Mo crashes into Bud with a tray of drinks, and they go all over the Countess. She has a pretzel monocle. She takes a tray off of a guy's head, and his toupee comes off with it. And uh that's pretty good. Rumsford asks the boys what to do with Sherry. Mo says, don't bother, I'll take scotch. Larry says, rye. And Curly says, gin. Smothered in bourbon. <laughs> Mo sees the bar. And says, uh, boys, and tilted the head, and they go running over. 
Lorna's over there getting a drink too. It's rum punch. Larry takes his uh, stethoscope and shares it with Curly and makes it into a double straw. <laughs> Mo looks over and sees him and it's, his look is great. The punch, they decide that the punch is weak. So they pour all the liquor into it. Curly sneezes. Lorna's standing there and she's got, she offers him an hors d'oeuvre. She says hors d'oeuvre and he says no hay fever and she starts cracking up. So they're making some kind of new liquor, what they've made, you know, and they, they add, they, Worcestershire and, uh, Tabasco. And Larry says, I never tried it. We'll put it in. My, uh, my impression's getting worse. Curly pours some champagne in. I mean, what a concoction this is. It's boiling and smoking. It's awesome. They get three glasses. Larry says, a marvelous accomplishment. Mo says, uh, prodigious achievement. And Curly says, you said it. It's putrid. Ha! The doctors are going to go uh, look you over now, dear, he says. They said they're going to check the reflexes. So Curly is chopping her knee, and she's laughing. And he gets all frustrated. He tries to show her how reflexes normally are, and he chops the Countess's knee, and Doran's standing there. The Countess is like, I beg your pardon. Curly says, you don't have to apologize. You can't help it. You're crazy. Ha! Mo will uh, demonstrate that all the guests are starting, uh, they're chopping each other's knees. Curly kicks Mo. He runs away and trips over a guy. He, he looks over and he tries to chop his knee to get the reflexes, but he has a wooden leg. And then, so Curly lifts up his, his, uh, pant leg and it says, post no bills. That's funny. It just said no trespassing or so. I guess today it would say no trespassing or something like that. Curly runs away and, uh, and sees a statue. He chops its knee and it kicks him. He barks at it. And then he slowly stops and kind of looks at it confused. It's a good little bit. Curly's, Curly is, uh, nice. He's, he's, he's good. He's got, well, I'm, I'm saying Curly's good. He's very subtle sometimes too. So dinner is served and they run like maniacs to the table with, uh, Lorna laughing the whole time. Curly is saying that he loves cream puffs and she says she hopes that he likes Spanish cooking. He says he does. His favorite is corned beef and cabbage. The count. The Countess is looking for something, and uh, Curly asks, she says, she dropped her serviette? He says, just stay seated, nobody will notice. He rips his napkin in half, and he gives it. He gives her half. She says, thank you, and she might kind of like Curly, the way she's looking at him, it's kind of funny. He kind of waves at her, you know. She starts using a powder puff and a mirror there at the table. So Curly's like, oh, and so he takes out an electric shaver. There's a plug right in the table. It's, it's, that's, that's pretty fancy. That's how you know they're, that's how you know they're rich people. No, so Curly's shaving himself and he reads it over and he shaves her cheek and she freaks out. So biscuits are served. The amount of salt that Mo is putting on his biscuit is unreal. Larry picks up his celery, um, in between the biscuits and makes a sandwich. Mo says, where's your Emily Post? And Larry sticks his pinkies up. Your Emily Post. I didn't realize Emily Post was that old. I would have thought that if someone had asked me, I would have said that was like a 50s thing. So the Countess puts her powder puff down right next to Curly's biscuit. And here we go. There's a scene of Curly. He's trying to eat it. He's got some funny little business here. He's looking to the side and then he kind of attacks it. <laughs> the Countess is uh, just staring at him like disapprovingly, you know. He chokes and then spits powder all over. And Lorna is just cracking up. 
You know, that's her whole uh, uh, part in the whole movie. Lorna just cracks up the whole the whole short. So tamales are served. Curly doesn't know whether it's coming or going, he says. They have no idea what these are. They're trying to cut it. They're using a spoon. Nothing works. Larry says, uh, stubborn, eh? Oh, stubborn, eh? Larry tries to eat it like corn on the cob, finally. He picks it up and he's trying but uh nope mo is poking it in the eyes which is great i thought that was great i mean there are no eyes but he's poking at it with his two fingers he squeezes it and gets squirted with something mo says ah bomb an infernal machine an infernal machine so curly uh he's trying to peel his which there you go uh mo is buttering the husk of his and then he eats it curly um he scrapes all the filling away. Once he finally does get it open, he scrapes all the filling away and then eats the husk. It's, I mean, whenever the Stooges eat, I mean, it, that's when it's eat or cook. That's great stuff. So Larry chomps the end and it squirts Curly. And things are ramping up as uh, Curly throws his. He gets all frustrated and just throws his and it hits Mo. Mo throws some food back and it misses and hits the Countess. And Curly says, I ducked it. And he looks over at her. <laughs> she puts her monocle in, which is funny. And then one of the guests, uh, it, I believe it's Richard Fisk. He laughs right in her face. And then he gets a cream puff to the face. And Lorna is cracking up. Fisk throws one and it hits Lorna. Now we've got a full-blown cream puff fight. Lorna gets hit right in the open mouth, which is more on that later. So everyone gets hit with one. We get a nice reaction shot, and then uh, it ups the ante. Curly's hiding behind the Countess while Mo throws, and uh, she gets hit one after the other, which is just like, <laughs> <sighs> I wish I could hear what she says. She, it, it sounds like the, the king shall hear of this. She is a Countess, I suppose. So Mo has a goatee in some shots, and then not in others. It's because, you know, because he's Dr. So-and-so, whatever. I thought it was food or something, but no, no. Curly keeps getting hit with the cream pies, and the, or with cream puffs, and uh, finally he just says, I surrender, and then he gets hit again, and then he just starts cracking up laughing, which is funny. I, I wonder if that's a thing, and they just left it in because it was funny. Probably. Because it's so over the top, like, how many times can you hit somebody with, you know? So Bud comes in with an announcement, but uh, he gets cream puffed, and then he just turns around on his heel and walks out. <laughs> uh, they have a uh, wide shot. They pull back, and they show the whole table in, a, in a, just a giant food fight, and they're just throwing cream puffs at each other. And you could tell they are having a ball. I mean, everyone is just cracking up, and there's so many cream puffs there. You can just throw cream puffs all day. Uh, the husband crawls over and uh, he gives the Stooges 1500 bucks, and he says, you should go while she's still having a good time. And he walks over to Lorna with a huge chocolate birthday cake. And she says, darling, I've never had so much fun. And he dumps that giant cake right on her head and says, me too. The end. You can see how heavy that cake is right there at the end when it hits her in the head and she wobbles. It's like, whoa. The champ is is staggered. So the title of this film is a parody of Two Sleepy People. 
from back then. That was a, a movie. As this is three sappy people. This is the sixth of 16 shorts with the word three in the title. I would have thought there'd been more. Lorna Gray is 22 at the time, and the rumor is that she was treated on the set after a cream puff became lodged in her throat. In interviews later, she said that she was never in any danger, and that uh, Jules White was just so concerned uh, that he nearly ruined the take by cutting. He thought that she was in danger, so interesting that he was so ready to cut but that uh, he screamed at Larry like a maniac when Larry complained about being high in the air in that one where they're angels at the end. I can't remember which one. Jules sounds kind of like a tool, so he probably wanted to impress Lorna because she's a, you know, what a, a tomato. <laughs> um, in his book, Mo claims that she almost died, but that is not true. That, I mean, according to her herself, she herself... So anyway, apparently the car in this short is a very unusual one, and it's worth a ton of money. It is a Rolls-Royce Phantom 1 with left-hand drive. It is not painted black like usual. You always see them in their black. I don't know anything about cars, but uh, one of the reviews on threestooges.net noted this, and I thought it was cool, interesting. Those cars are really neat. Those old Rolls Royces are super cool. When uh, Curly orders burnt toast and a rotten egg and Larry asks why, Curly says, I have a tapeworm and that's good enough for it. This gag was first used in Punch Drunks all the way back in 1934. But Mo is the one that orders it and Curly is the one that asks why. I am a fan of Ann Doran. She was great in this as the Countess. Absolutely fantastic. I hope she comes back in uh, in future episodes. I can't, uh, I'm not sure. She has um, subtle facials. I'll go back and look, actually, from the beginning of this episode. I mentioned it, so in my notes. She has, uh, like I said, she has really subtle facials, and her reactions are really funny, too. Um, Lorna Gray, too. She's she's great. She has a ton of personality in this short. Maybe it is, it's just that she has a lot of lines for once. Curly uh, steals the show here, though, and he is absolutely hitting his stride. Not hitting his stride, he is in his prime. The last few have had a larger role for Curly as he gets more and more popular. This uh, this short gets a 9.41 on 3stooges.net. I am giving this one a 9.5 because it has a little bit of everything that I like about the Stooges. They are blue-collar workers. Then they are at a fancy party. There's some fast talking and good quips. There's the Stooges eating. There's a food fight. And the boys win at the end, which is uh, nice. And so, this is the last short released by the team in 1939. So the ones I gave uh, 9.5 to were We Want Our Mummy, Calling All Curs, and Three Sappy People. I'll just have to uh, pick to break the tie, and uh, I'm going to say that this one, Three Sappy People, is my favorite short of 1939. So, let's run down the uh, best of each year so far. In my opinion, and I'm the one doing the podcast, so 1934, we've got 
Punch Drunks, 1935, Hoy Polloi, 1936, Disorder in the Court, 1937, my favorite was The Sitter Downers, 1938, my favorite was Tassels in the Air, and 1939, like I said, is Three Sappy People. So I guess that's it. That is going to bring this episode to a close. Tune in next time. When we will look at the next short, You Nasty Spy. I've been looking forward to this one. Thanks for listening. Thank you for all the fantastic messages about the podcast. Uh, it seems to be growing slowly but surely. Go to anchor.fm if you want to make a podcast. It is a great free site. I believe it's owned by Spotify. Takes all the guesswork out of the podcasting experience. Makes it fairly easy to monetize things for your show. You just got to get popular enough to uh, to get sponsors or not sponsors, but uh, to qualify for ads. So let's go, Stooge fans. Spread the word. Let's listen. Get all the little behind the scenes. Please rate and review the show if you like it. It really helps. I have been your host once again and Chief Knucklehead, Gabe Russo, broadcasting from Stooge Studios, a.k.a. The Bathroom. See you next time. Bye.